so he can give, so he can reveal, so he can open, so that he can provide what is good for us. In Matthew 7, verse 11, he says, If if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So even when we are not clear which choice to make, if for whatever reason, guys, he keeps his will concealed in our life, you can take great comfort in the fact of what we will find in the Holy Scriptures. Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you to will and to do His good pleasure. The Lord takes responsibility for directing you through the fog. He will move heaven and earth to show you His will and His timing. And guys, listen, here is something to remember. Most times we do not know specifically what the will of God is in our life until afterwards. But in the meantime, we must keep moving forward in the direction which is pleasing to Him. These are the two types of of God's will. And often underestimated and even more so uh, underemphasized, but yet here they are before us today. Especially His desired will, where we live every moment. The will of God which allows us free will of choice each and every day. The what-ifs of our life are not always behind us, but rather before us. And that's where I want to park. That's where I want to park this Sunday and next Sunday. This is where I want your heart, your mind, and your full attention to be focused upon. The what-ifs of God's will. The what-ifs of your life. I want you to think about it like this. What if the next kiss with your spouse is the last? What if the next hug with your children is the final one? What if the conversation you are are in with your neighbor, you're having with your neighbor, will be the one that will be remembered for the rest of their life? Or the rest of yours. This is the what ifs I'm talking about today. You see, many of us treat life, guys, as if it's going to continue on as it is. As a matter of fact, really and truly, um, since, uh, since I got up here, it's been nearly 20 minutes. In 20 minutes of this sermon, guys, uh, uh, 36 people's lives would have ended. 1.8 second. Think about it for a second. 1.8 a minute. 36 people had their last hug, the last kiss, the last conversation. There will be no more with their husband and wife. There'll be no more with their children. No more with their neighbors. The opportunity is gone. Guys, I realize this probably sounds quite dark for Sunday morning. I understand that. Maybe even a morbid thought. I understand that as well. But it is reality. One day you will kiss your bride for the final time. One day you will hug your husband the last time. One day you'll have an ending conversation with those who are important to you in your life. And you'll have that one for the very final time on this side. So the psalmist gives us this verse. 
So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. If we will learn every moment of this life is important. Every, every minute of this life that we've been given uh, is vital. And, and if we would learn that, that every day, every moment, every minute, every single passing thought is a life gifted to us by God himself, we'll apply our hearts to wisdom. We won't take for granted the hug, the good night, I love you, the kiss or the conversation. So I want two points this morning, rather quick today, two next week. If we will apply our heart to wisdom, if we will think about the what-ifs that is lying before us right now, we can learn, number one, to cherish. To cherish. You know, that word cherish means to adore. It means to treasure. It means to protect and care for. So the psalmist says, so teach us. In order to be taught, when you're being taught, it means you are learning something. It means you're willing to learn something. It means that your heart and your mind is open to what is being taught or what you're studying or what you're reading or whatever it may be. So when we begin to look at the life that we've been given here, and for every fleeting moment, it's gone here, gone there. It's a very quick life. It's a short life. I mean, even just like the, uh, that Moses writes here that the days of our years are three score and, and ten at seventy years. And if by reason of strength, it may be four score years, which is eighty. Yet is there strength and labor and sorrow. Watch this. For it shall soon, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. He's saying eighty years is soon gone in a blink. So why shouldn't we cherish the moments we have? I'm, I'm not sure if what I'm getting ready to say is going to be based upon the culture that I grew up in, an American culture. We were driven. We were career driven when I was young. I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I struggle to understand people that float around. I do. I struggle with it but it's only because of the way I was raised, okay? So just take this for what it's worth. Take it for a grain of salt if you want to. It's just, it's, it's up to you. But in the, the time frame, the life, the mindset, the family, whatever it is, you were not expected to lie around. You didn't, we didn't have much downtime at our house. And I've told you plenty of times, my dad was a, he lost his leg in 1968. I've never known my dad to have two legs, and I've never known my dad to sit down hardly at all. I cut, my family was one of the hardest working families I've ever seen in my life, from daylight to dark, up and you, and you get going. That's the way I was raised. When I left pursuing professional football, I did it because I didn't want to be in the same place chasing a dream a year later. So I started pursuing a career. And I was full-fledged into business, I, I mean, at 25 years old, practicing 26 years old, board certified, 27 years old, had my own practice. Before I was 30 years old, I had multiple offices. It's just the way we were cut. So just from a cultural aspect, we had a tendency to look down the road. 
And what that does, if you're not careful at times, I believe you should be career-oriented. Don't get me wrong. So don't, this is not, a, this is not a, 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 a lesson for you to be lazy. But if you're not careful, you look at the end of your career as the goal. Well, when I'm 62 and a half years old, when I'm 65 years old, we just had a famous actor two years older than I am. When he started, Matthew Perry, when he started that TV show, Friends, he, he didn't have enough money to pay his own rent. And then it became one of the most successful TV shows ever around. They became millionaires within 24-month period, every single one on the show. He was 54 years old, and he died yesterday, I guess it was. They claimed cardiac arrest. He drowned in a jacuzzi or something. No drugs, no foul play or anything like that. Whatever happened, happened. I don't know. But if his goal was 62 and a half years, he missed that. If his goal was 65 years of age, he missed that. George Whitfield, who preached 10 times a week, three-hour sermons each time, twice a day for five days every week, died at the age of 55. If his goal was 65, he missed it. You understand? Again, I'm not against career-driven uh, mentality. I'm not against that at all. I believe we should labor. We should labor hard. But at the same time, guys, if you're not careful and you're looking at 65 as your goal, that's my end date to begin living, you're not cherishing the moment that you're living in now. Because that may never come. By learning to apply our hearts unto wisdom, we begin to look at the hello kiss, the goodbye hugs, the meaningful moments building upon one another as sweet memories fortifying our relationships with loved ones through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For years upon years upon years, Denise and I have been married for 25 years come next week. And from the very moment that we said I do on the 7th of November, 1998, even prior to that, we set out to build a relationship with one another, to cherish the moments with one another. Every time I came home, every time I left, every time we sat at the dinner table with our family, we always ate as a family together when our children were growing up. We always prayed. My children took took a, took a, a turns praying for uh, over the meal, and then I closed out with a prayer, and then we, ate. we took our time to enjoy the time together that we had because it was never going to come back again. We cherished the moment. I'm saying all that to say this. As my youngest girl, who's now my di- director and boss right here behind the computer, is not even a teenager. She's a young woman, 20 years of age. She's working. She's going to school. My youngest son is now going, will be deployed Wednesday. He's in the military. My oldest son just got married. He spent his four years in the military. He's in school. He's working a full-time job. My middle boy just got promoted in his job, and he's pursuing his career. They're doing their life, amen. So imagine with me this morning that had Denise and I only worked and built on those four children and had no commonality or ground with one another, where would we be today? If we didn't cherish the moments together as a couple, where would we be this morning? We'd have zero commonality. We would have no relationship. And it would die on the vine. The point that I'm making to you this morning is you're going to build for tomorrow, right now.
What if today is the final one? Beloved, we must learn to number our days. We must stop talking about the precious moments of each day and taking them for granted. We must stop taking them as if they're always going to be here. We're reminded in James in chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. What if this is the last day the church is open? What if this is the last day you have your eyesight? What will be the final thing you see, the final thing you read? What if this is the last day you have your hearing? What will be the final thing that you hear? This is the reality, but not a fear tactic, guys. It is a reminder of how we must live in the world, trusting and depending on the Lord Jesus Christ for the very next second, not the next week, but the very next sec- second. But not in a way of frantic fear, but rather sure assurance that His will will be accomplished. So let me encourage you this morning to cherish every laugh. Cherish every kiss. You know, the Bible tells us to not not let the sun go down upon your wrath. I'm going to speak to couples here and young couples and future couples and whatever it may be. You ought not ever go to sleep angry at one another. I can't tell you how many times I've sat across the the pastoral desk with a husband or a wife whose final word or final moments with their spouse was nothing but bitterness. Cherish the moments, my friend. Cherish each laugh, each kiss, each hug, and never let it be overlooked. Secondly, this morning, and the last point we'll look at today When we learn to number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom, only then are we able to capitalize. Capitalize. He says to teach us to what? To number our days. Instead of taking for granted, we're now able to take an opportunity, capitalizing on every opportunity given uh, given to us. It helps us to think about our conversations, uh, where our focus is and what our words we are choosing, what direction we are leading those that we are speaking with. It's not just a relationship with your husband, your wife, or your children, but yet your neighbors as well. We all know that we are, we're not guaranteed the next breath. We, we covered that in the last point. And, and again, James said, for, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and, and then vanishes away. But this is what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Beloved, we must begin to look at every moment given and granted on this earth as a gift of life to live, to cherish, and to capitalize upon, serving every single moment with zeal, treating today as if it will never come back again, because the reality is, it won't. I read this morning what Bill Bill Dad, the the Shuite, said to Job. And I know he gets a bad rap, and I know he ripped his friend apart. I get all those things, but nonetheless, he says, for we are but as, he says, for we are but as, you know, but of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. See how quick a shadow goes and moves and changes? Do you know what you and I have right now? We have right now 
This is the only, uh, we have right now our husband and our wife. We have right now this time with our children, no matter their age. We have right now this time with our parents. We have right now uh, this time with our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, our gym mates, you name it. We have right now. So teach us to number our days and stop depending on tomorrow. Stop looking past the person in front of you and live with them, live for them right now. If we do not capitalize on the moments we are given with in this world, guys, each one of us right now, today, right here, even if, if tomorrow, even if 10 years comes, what will we have if we don't capitalize on the moment we're living in? Building sweet memories. All we're going to have to show for, the, for them in the years to come is a what if in the past. But not accepting the what if of the present. You see, beloved, what if this was the last and you fill in the blank? What are you going to do about it? We do tend to look at what ifs as yesterday. But I'm asking you this morning to look at what ifs as of right now. So that you may apply your heart into wisdom. So that you may learn to number your days. To capitalize on them. And to cherish them. Will you bow your heads this morning? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us, for all that you've done, for who and what you are, for the many gifts and blessings you've given us for this time together today. And we simply ask you that if you will, dear God, please take this message, write it upon the table of our hearts, Lord. Lead us into the way that will bring honor, glory, and praise to your name. And let us, Father, be mindful and thankful for the days that you've given us, for the moments you've allowed us to have for what we have right here, right now, and let us apply this question unto our life. What if this was the last opportunity we have to do, and then let us fill in that blank? Maybe to witness to our neighbor, our loved one, our family member, to give our spouse a hug, to tell them, I love you, to never treat it as if it'll be here tomorrow, but to number the days we have now and cherish in each moment that we are, are ever before us, and to capitalize on them as if they'll never come again. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, for your precious and wonderful word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. I do hope and pray that preaching and teaching the word of God is a blessing to your heart this morning.